Here comes Schofield. Oh! Oh! Nastiness. Wait a second. Driving left, dunking right over Love. All right. Who can do it? Well, I, I do like lanes. That's what she said. He's got everything going early on. Schofield, the theft. And look at the Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, top 10 matchup in Tennessee time. Might have an offensive coordinator time, but might not have an offensive coordinator time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you here from Fort Rucker Studio, joined this time not in the Fort Rucker studio, but down at Goval's 24-7's Blunt County Bureau, I think is uh, I think is how we've decided to refer to it. Uh, but I guess we'll call it the Blunt County Satellite Office. Is uh, Grant Ramey, what's up, man? Either one sounds pretty impressive, and I didn't know this until I read it just now. This is the first time Tennessee has played two top five opponents before SEC play has begun in the history of the program. Wow. So there you go. It's a good note from uh, Tom Satkoviak and Josh Lyle and all the Kendall and all those dudes there at the uh, Tennessee Sports Tom Information. That is a Tom special. Office. Do you think it's Tom, or do you think it's someone doing it and then Tom getting the credit for it? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think Tom would 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 take the credit. There was another note that Tom was praising uh, his understudy Josh for. Uh, Top ranked Gonzaga in second in the country in field goal percentage made field goal. 53%. Tennessee is fourth best defensively in field goal percentage, giving up just 35.5%. So, wow. that is that is a good stat. And I, I'll go ahead and apologize on the front end since we're doing this, since I'm at the studio and Grant is out in uh, Blount County, where I think they have internet. I don't know if they have 4G or LTE, but I think they have something resembling internet out there 3G, 2G, something. So, Grant might cut in and out just a little bit. Uh, but we will bring it to you in the best way that we can because you know what? We're doing a lot of things right now, guys. There's a Tennessee football offensive coordinator search, and since we're recording this on a Thursday night, going to bring it to you on a Friday morning. We do not know yet if Tennessee has an offensive coordinator in place yet. I'm going to guess probably not, but I'm not going to rule that out either. So we will have plenty on that. We had a football podcast earlier in the week. Obviously, we'll have another podcast uh, next week, and we'll we'll have one if Tennessee gets an offensive coordinator in place between now and then. We will probably try to bring something to you then. But the point of this podcast, guys, normally it's the Football Friday. It's going to be a Hoops Friday because this is a big, big game for Tennessee basketball. The seventh-ranked Vols uh, going on the road, not to play a road game, but uh, a neutral site game against number one Gonzaga out there in Phoenix at the Jerry Colangelo Classic. Jerry Colangelo is such a... A, a big figure in sort of the history of basketball, USA basketball. He's done so many different things, and uh, they wanted to put this tournament in honor of him, so they're doing that. And Tennessee and Gonzaga obviously is the main attraction there. Grant will be getting on an aeroplane and traveling across these United States and going to that game. Grant, you looking forward to Phoenix? Uh, yeah, I'll be there uh, for like 27 hours, so. I uh, can't wait to get in all the sights and sounds. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you get to the Grand Canyon? I have no idea how far Phoenix is from the Grand Canyon. I really don't know. It could be. It, <laughs> I, have, I mean, it, 
I have I have no clue. I mean, it could be like someone could be like it's fifteen minutes outside Phoenix. I'd be like, oh yeah, totally. Or they could be like it's actually like two and a half or three or four hours. And oh okay, yeah. I, if, I really if, don't know. Uh, if April if April Ludgate and Andy Dwyer can drive from Pawnee, Indiana to the Grand Canyon in one sitting, uh, I think I need to be able to try to get there. Yeah, uh, for this, it's actually funny. On a, on a quick personal note, my dad. Uh, has uh, he's been to a lot of different places, uh, different parts of the country and the world, but he's never been out to Arizona, and he badly wants to see the Grand Canyon. And uh, he and I, as soon as I saw this game pop up, I was like, you know what? Could that be the time I did it? Like we could get, I could be like, hey, Dad, let's get like you know a car, big truck, an RV, something like that, and go go do that, go do that thing because you want to go take that road trip and see that. But then I, I looked at the schedule and was like. Ah, if there's a bowl game, it's Tennessee. There could be a coaching search. Ah, I wish they were playing this at a different time because it just wasn't going to work out. But, uh, you know, Grant is our basketball guy anyway, so he will be down there, which is important. And uh, this is an important game as far as, you know, I think we can assume probably that this Tennessee team, it's ranked seventh in the country. It's already got a couple quality wins. It's probably going to be a tournament team unless just everything falls apart and there's injuries and a whole bunch of bad things. But this kind of game right here is huge for so many reasons. I mean, first off, you don't get to play the number one team in the country that often, even though you're an SEC team. So you get to play Kentucky quite a bit, which a lot of times Kentucky is right up there. Um, but this is a huge game. This is, Grant, this is the Gonzaga team that took down this mighty Duke team that people thought, you know, some people were saying, did this team have a chance to go undefeated this season? Would this team be that good? And uh, it is that good of a team, but Gonzaga beat that team. So, what does that say about Gonzaga? Gonzaga's a—they're—I uh, think they're battle tested at this point. Uh, they went. I mean, I, I, let's let's kind of reset. I don't know what Kentucky was doing that first night of the season when Duke absolutely railroaded them and made it look like Duke was uh, the next coming of the Fab Five. Uh, I think Duke's come back down to earth since then. I know they struggled a little bit uh, with Hartford at home uh, earlier this week. Uh, Gonzaga just won by two last night at uh, uh, sorry two nights ago at home against Washington, eighty-one to seventy-nine. They had to come back from down seven at halftime to win at Creighton, uh, maybe last Saturday if memory serves. So they've already been to Maui, won three games in three days. They've already been to Creighton. Uh, they've already hosted Washington. They've already hosted Texas A&M. Uh, they're getting ready to turn around and go to Chapel Hill and play North Carolina in the Dean Dome next week after they do this. Uh, Jerry Colangelo Classic, and shout out to whoever put this event together because they got three top seven teams out of a four-team field. Yeah, that Nevada uh, team is that Nevada team is event. no joke. And yeah. the Grand Canyon is a really interesting program, if I'm not mistaken, coached by Thunder Dan Marley. Thunder Dan, don't you have don't you have a Thunder Dan Marley T-shirt? Can you cover the game I in that shirt? A, I do have a Thunder Dan. I need to uh, I need to get that and put it in the bag for the trip. But, I mean, I mean, you just go, kind of go down the list. Josh Perkins, he's a redshirt senior in the backcourt. Tennessee saw him, uh, I guess, the, the first two times they played since he's a fifth-year senior. Yep. Uh, obviously, Tennessee went to Seattle and played them Rick's first year, and then they went to Nashville the second year and uh, lost both of those games. But you look at uh, Rory Hakamura. Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's Hakamura, Hachimura, Hakimura. I've heard I'm, it different ways. I'm more struggling on the first name. Rui? Rui, I think. But whatever you look at, Rui, he's a—I mean, he's a six-eight, two-thirty junior power forward. Grant Williams is a six-seven, two-thirty-six junior power forward. Grant averages twenty and eight a night. Rui averages twenty-two and six a night. I mean, that's going to be a really uh, should be a really really fun matchup. 
Yeah, I guess the difference being that people think that that uh, that Rui is a is a top ten or top five, you know, potential pick, a lottery pick, and no one's saying that about Grant Williams or anything. So clearly, the NBA scouts see them a little bit differently. But in terms of college production, I mean, th- these are two of the best power forwards kind of in the game, and that's going to be a fun matchup. There's going to be fun matchups in the backcourt in this game. I think certainly this is a, a chance for Jordan Bone to kind of capitalize on some of that momentum that he had. Uh, against that against a good Kansas team a really good Kansas team and and Bone looked great in that game at least offensively defensively he, it wasn't his best day but uh, did a lot of good things there but th- this Gonzaga team you know they they just they've got they're just good basketball players you look across this roster and the first thing you notice is like most Gonzaga teams uh, it's from all over the place uh, I don't think anybody recruits internationally quite as well as Gonzaga does I'm sure there's some teams but I mean you look at this roster and you go Serbia uh, France, Japan, Japan, uh, you know, uh, I think there's one more. Yeah. Another guy from France. They've had guys from all over the place. Now uh, they've got, including a, a, a kid who Tennessee recruited pretty hard. Uh, the Serbian kid, uh, Philip Petrusev, a guy who Tennessee for a while there thought it had a chance to get, uh, and right, got, basically pick Gonzaga over Tennessee. Yeah. And, and cause Tennessee's trying to build some of those international connections too, and has done that. But uh, Petrusif is a guy Tennessee really thought it had a chance to get. And the guy Grant Williams said earlier this week he was looking forward to seeing. I don't know if that meant that he was looking forward to say hi to him or try to yam on him, but uh, probably knowing Grant Williams, he really probably just wanted to give him a hug and ask him how he was doing. But uh, yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was here for an official visit, and the big deal when he got here for an official visit was that his parents made the trip, and obviously that's a long trip, uh, and that was a big deal. I'm sure Grant Williams hosted it him, but I'm sure Grant wants to. Uh, to get a shot at him and, and kind of do some nerdy back talk, uh, trash talk that, that Grant Williams would probably do on the court. Yeah, he's like, you're only like level three settlers of Catan. I don't even know if there's levels <laughs> in that game. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I've never played the game, honestly. My wife, uh, when she lived in D.C., she and a bunch of her friends played it, but I, I, I don't know anything about it other than the fact that I know Grant Williams uh, and a couple guys on the team, uh, Lucas Campbell and Brad Woodson and Eve Pons, they love that game. And Grant's trying to get other guys to, to play it, but it'll definitely be on the flight. Uh, the, the You know that they're going to take it on the road trip because they always do, but you, you look at this Gonzaga team, and it's kind of it, – it's just a – it's really a, a Mark Few team. It's got guys from all over the place. It's got some good experience. It's got really good size in the post, and then it's, it, it's got some guys that kind of do a little bit of everything, you know. They've kind of got a couple of those hybrid forward-type players. Uh, they got a couple – and, and Kispert's a good player. You know, they've got Norvell and some other guys who are really good shooters. Um, you know, they, they've, get, they've just got kind of a little bit of everything. Brandon Clark is a really good kind of energy guy for them, does a lot of things, a lot of – you know, he's, he's a double-double kind of waiting to happen. They've just got a lot of – a lot of pieces on this team. And, you know, Gonzaga has to schedule the way it does because it plays in that West Coast Conference. And there's a few good teams in that conference, but there's obviously some some not good teams in that league. And if you're Gonzaga, you have to be front-loaded because you, you want to put yourself in a position where you're trying to get some of your best resume wins early in the season because they don't, they don't get a chance to go on a hot streak in conference play uh, and have it matter because people just expect them to kind of run through that league. So this is a big game for them. And, and I think, honestly, this is, this is interesting because Tennessee and Gonzaga, it seems like they've played a lot over the years. I mean, you, you know, even before Barnes got here, because Barnes and Few are such good friends, but uh, give credit to Mark Few. Uh, he was happy to play Tennessee at a time when I'm not sure a lot of other people would have seen sort of the, the sexiness in that matchup. 
and uh, they got a kind of a neutral court game a couple years ago in Nashville, which I'm sure Tennessee would love to have back because it would be a much bigger deal now than it was a couple years ago. And, and now they, they go play them out there. So I think this is a good deal. I think it's a good game. And I think it's a good opportunity for Tennessee. You know, I mean, you don't get to play the number one team very often, Grant. And this is a team that you look at Gonzaga and you say, wow, okay, they did beat Duke. They beat that really good Duke team. Uh, kind of held on there late. They, they, they were playing really well and then just kind of stumbled down the stretch but did enough to hold them off. Um, but then you look at some of these other games and you think, you know, it's, it's not an invincible team. This is a team that Tennessee, I don't think Tennessee will be intimidated going into this game. No, and I don't think they will. I think from the Tennessee angle, when you look at it, uh, what was the big takeaway after they lost in overtime to Kansas uh, in New York a couple weeks ago? It was that they were too emotional early in the game, a little too amped up, a little too excited, I guess, for the kind of the stage that is the uh, the NIT. It's a, you know obviously a pretty big preseason tournament. Uh, you're in New York. You're kind of on that uh, kind of under that bright spotlight uh, Thanksgiving week, and they that kind of took them out of what they wanted to do early. Bunch of Tennessee and fans there too. Tennessee fans did a great job right. getting there. Right, that was a there was a lot of orange there. It was definitely a different uh, atmosphere than four years ago when they were in Brooklyn. But uh, and e- even so, they recovered obviously because they led by nine in the second half. Obviously, that's, that's a game you can win if you win by if you're up by nine in the second half. And Grant Williams fouls out with ninety seconds to go. But anyway, the, the the takeaway here is you didn't approach this game kind of in a business-like manner. You kind of made it something that you shouldn't have made it. Even though it was a big game, it was a big opportunity, you kind of want to handle it like a workmanlike approach, like it's uh, it's Lenore Ryan or Louisiana or whoever. And now here you go, you get to turn around and you get to do it again, you know, a couple weeks later against not only uh, a, a big-time Blue Blood program, but the number one team in the country. And when you look at Maui, going out there and beating Duke the way they did. Once you get to that third game in Maui, win it three games in three straight days, which is obviously something you're not going to do at any other point in the season. Correct. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult. It's You, you just kind of got to figure out who who has more in the tank and, and who can take advantage that day. Uh, honestly, I did not see a second of that game. Uh, I just kind of followed it a little bit on social media, but – I got to watch a decent part of it. It was it, right. Gonzaga looked pretty good in that game. Right, and they're they're a very good basketball team. They're one of the best offensive teams in the country. I think they average like ninety four point eight a game or something like that. And obviously, like we touched on earlier, they make you know some absurd field goal percentage, fifty three percent. If there's anybody that knows kind of how to attack uh, a Gonzaga defense or how to try to limit a Gonzaga offense, it's Rick Barnes. Not only because they played twice. Uh, a couple of years ago, it's because they used to scrimmage Texas and Gonzaga uh, every every preseason for the better part of a decade or maybe a decade plus, something like 12 years uh, when Rick was at Texas. Uh, Mark Few is his guy. Uh, he's got a lot of guys. but he's, Yeah, Rick's he's got a lot of guys. But it's one of his better friends in the industry, and it's kind of like the, what they do with Davidson now where they scrimmage them every preseason. That's what they did with Gonzaga, so... Uh, obviously, Gonzaga's always going to have a ton of talent. They're always going to have nice size to mix in uh, throughout the rotation. It's always going to be uh, – it's not the one-and-done types. It's multi-year players like a fifth-year senior in Josh Perkins. So uh, this is a this is a team that's been to the Final Four, been to the championship game, uh, and, and you're going to have your work cut out for you. But if I'm looking at it from Tennessee's stance, how do they approach the game? Uh, is it a little bit more business-like, like they're there to take care of business and not so much to – 
kind of get caught up in the hoopla of, of everything around it. You know what I thought was really interesting, Grant, was that Rick Barnes talked about how emotional he thought the team was against Kansas. And, and granted, you were there. I wasn't. Um, but it looked to me like if you had any complaints about them being emotional to start the game, I mean, they were up by nine in the second half. I think maybe the lack of maturity down the stretch as much as anything is what it was. But But what was really interesting to me – was that you know Rick talked about how he thought the team was too emotional and needed to take it just like any other regular game, yada, yada. And, and then he comes out, and, and he's the one who changes the lineup for the next game. So it's like, wait, who's actually being emotional here? You know, kind of made me laugh a little bit. But we haven't talked about that, and, and we need to talk about that because Tennessee, for the first time since it seems like Ronald Reagan was president, Tennessee has uh, made a switch in the starting lineup not because of an injury. So uh, you've got right now Eve Pond is starting and Jordan Bowden is coming off the bench. And I think there were a lot of reasons to think about making this move, uh, not least of which being with Lamonte Turner still kind of being out with that shoulder and they're trying to figure out what exactly is going on there. You need some points off the bench. You need some production off the bench. And maybe you give Bowden a chance to go there and, and kind of be a guy who brings you some juice off the bench. So, I, you know, you, Fulkerson's always going to bring you energy off the bench, but he's not really a scorer. And Bowden can be. So maybe this wakes him up a little bit, maybe gives you a little better defense to start games. Um, I, I, You know, I don't really know 100% that I love this move, but but I think I might like it. I think I like it just because of, A, you didn't know what you are getting from Jordan Bowden night in and night out. I mean, he played really well the first probably month of the season last year yeah. uh, when, when he got to that Wake Forest game. I think he – had like 21 points and went five for five from the three-point line. That and, was, uh, yeah, he was, was pl- really yeah, he was like 61% from the season at three at that point. Yeah, I mean, uh, and ever since then, it's kind of felt like, like, where did this guy go? And I don't, I think he's got a lot of talent. I think Rick Barnes likes how, uh, how dependable he is. He can be on both ends of the floor. I think he thinks he's one of their better two-way players, uh, and he's improved defensively. Uh, but there's just too many games where you kind of, you kind of wonder where he went, what he's doing. Uh, I don't think he hunts his shot enough, uh, like we've talked about for years now. Uh, it, it just seems like that aggressive mentality is not there. I think his teammates want him to do it. I think his coach wants him to do it. Uh, but I think changing the lineup, you have somebody in Eve Ponds that can come in and maybe he can help you guard the perimeter. and uh, Maybe he can help you board, uh, hit the glass. Maybe he can help you block some shots early on and get something going. And it gives uh, it gives Jordan Bowden a different way to look at the game. It changes up the routine, and maybe it maybe it helps kind of shake him out of uh, whatever funk is in. He can kind of sit out for the first two, three, four minutes of the game, kind of see how the game's flowing, kind of watch and see where he can maybe get his shots and and come in and, and provide some energy. I think that's something that Lamonte Turner has really excelled in is kind of watching the first few minutes of the game, finding the flow, finding the rhythm, seeing what's needed. Uh, and going from there. Yeah, and, and, you know, on one hand with Bowden, you look at it and you can always tell who a coach trusts the most because you just look at the minutes per game. And Bowden not only has been a starter since basically the day he stepped on campus, he's played a lot of minutes. He's been a guy who Rick Barnes just didn't want to take off the court because he trusted him that much. He knew that Bowden was going to try to do what he asked Jordan Bowden to go do. I would think the the problem uh, at this point uh, would be that, you know, we oversimplify things a little bit on the GoVoss 24-7 staff. We joke that we kind of have a binary way of looking at it. You're either an alpha or a beta. And it's just like Bowden just – he just doesn't – he kind of doesn't want to be an alpha. He, he doesn't – he's kind of okay being the, the third or even fourth scoring option on the team. And 
it, that's kind of it's good because it's unselfish in a way, but also I have a theory that if you have a good shot, if you're a really good shooter and you don't take enough shots, I don't think you're being unselfish at that point. I think you're actually being selfish because you're depriving your team of someone who can put the ball in the basket. Like if I played on a team, I don't think it matters who gets this many shots or that many shots. It's can you get the right shot and are you a good shooter from where you take that shot? And there are so many times in so many games where Bowden just completely refuses to take what are really good-looking shots. And maybe putting him on the bench, it's like that old Bob Knight thing where Coach Knight used to say that, you know, if you once you put someone on the bench, it that shockwave of sitting on the bench sends you know waves from their backside to their brain and gets them to start thinking about things. And, and right. maybe – Maybe this just gives him a way of saying, listen, I love you, son, but you're not giving me what I need right now. Yeah, and I don't even really know if I look at it as punishment as much as just kind of look at the game from a different angle, kind of mix something up and just see if it works. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, change, change for the sake of uh, change, I guess. I, I think I think you're right. It is is unselfish to the point that he's hurting his team uh, because he is one of the more reliable three-point shooters. He is one of the bigger threats out there when he hits a couple early shots and, and kind of gets going. Uh, not only that, he can slash a little bit. I mean, he's, he's one, Great of the athlete. Underrated, one of the more underrated athletes on this roster. I mean, he can play above the rim, especially when he starts running downhill towards it. Uh, so, yeah, he's got he's to find something. Obviously, we're at a, seven games into the season. It's, a, it's still a small sample. Uh, once you get into the grind of the season, maybe something changes. But uh, he's got to—you got to find something where uh, you're not wondering uh, every other night or every night or however often it is, kind of where he went and what he's been doing. Yeah, and, and I'll say this too: I, I think that you know, I, I asked about uh, Jordan Bone, I should say, um, just about a week or so ago. You know, how many, how often do you have to go, or do you want to go up to? to Bowden and kind of grab him by the jersey and say, shoot the ball. And he kind of looked at me and laughed, and he went, every day, bro. Like, he wants to do it all the time. He says that there's times where he said that if a guy who can shoot the ball like Jordan Bowden ever walks off the court taking only two or three shots in 30 minutes, that something's gone wrong. And that that this team needs him. I mean, it's like he told him, he said, you know, Bowden, you're the best shooter on this team. You have to shoot. You know, it's good that you play defense. It's good that you want to help everybody out. It's good that you want to be kind of a facilitator, especially now that you're playing point guard some. But, man, you got to shoot the ball. And now what's interesting to me is in that first game, it worked out really well where Bowden played pretty well off the bench. And Eve Pons had a great game, brought a lot of energy. The second game, though, that they went with that lineup, Eve Pons had had five turnovers and just did not look good, didn't look right. Uh, something mentally, maybe he wasn't locked in, maybe he'd been a little dinged up, missed some practice. He didn't look good, but Bowden looked really good off the bench. So if you're Barnes, do you say, well, I kind of got Bowden going, so I'm going to take that as maybe that was just a bad day for Eve and just keep the rotation as it is? Because what do you do there? Because you, you like, you're getting the response you want out of Bowden in a new role, but you know if Eve, if Eve Pons goes out there and plays the anything like he did against Texas A&M Corpus Christi, if he goes out there and does that, Gonzaga's going to eat his lunch. And so that's a tough – I mean, I guess they probably keep the lineup the same, but, it, you know, it's a, it's a tough decision, I think. Yeah, I would lean towards him keeping it. I think when he kind of finds something uh, he likes, I think he's 
he tends to stick with it uh, even if there's a because a, he's old. Is like, that what you're saying? Yeah, maybe maybe because he's an old man, uh, just kind of a habitual kind of thing. But no, I think if if I, I don't think he wants to give up on it just yet or switch it up just yet. I think uh, maybe. Maybe what happened, whatever happened with Eve Sunday, he yeah, you're right, he was out of whack. I think he had five turnovers and two points in 16 minutes. And I don't know if he had a block, maybe a rebound, something like that. He obviously had a really bad day at the office. He, he said he was embarrassed by it or, or whatever after the game, according to Rick. But I would stick with it because even if he does hurt you, uh, you can have him out in the first minute of the game, the first two minutes of the game, you can get Bowden in there. Uh, I would stick with what you got right now and, and just kind of try to help keep Bowden shaking loose. If he can be, uh, if he can kind of affect the game the way he did Sunday, I would rather try to build on that as opposed to try to fix whatever happened with Eve uh, at this point. But see, now, Grant, here's where I think it also, here, the other reason, and I think everything you just said is correct. Um, it's like the exact opposite of my cousin Vinny. Everything that just guy said is BS. I think everything you just said is true. <laughs> Um, but the other thing I'm thinking is this Lamonte Turner's shoulder. I mean, he hasn't done much in practice this week that we've seen. I don't know at this point when exactly to expect him back. I guess we'll touch on that in a minute, but let's assume that he's still not ready to play against Gonzaga. If he's not, you need production off the bench. You you can't just have all your starters be scoring 90% of your points. I mean, you have to get production from the bench. And if you're not getting that huge production from Turner off the bench, well, you got to bring some guys off the bench who are going to score. And, and, and you look at this roster and you go, you know, Derek Walker will give you a couple points and rebounds. Okay, Fulkerson's going to give you everything, the good, the bad, and the crazy, and all the stuff that Fulky does. But you kind of need some guys to give you, you know, Jalen Johnson can give you a, a, a spurt, but can he play defense? That's a question. Without Turner, I think Bowden becomes maybe your only pretty good option or, or somewhat reliable option off the bench. Yeah, the the Turner situation is such a I don't know, it's it's a hard one to figure out. It's a hard one to figure out if the shoulders really bothering him that much, uh, or are they just trying to find days off where they can give him days off. Uh playing Texas A and M Corpus Christi on Sunday, obviously that's a game you're gonna win. That's a game you're not terribly worried about, even though you're never gonna say that. Uh entering that kind of game, you're not gonna disrespect the opponent like that, but you you not only have that game Sunday at noon, a game you know you're going to win. Uh, it's going to be really hard to lose. Maybe I should put it that way. Yeah. And then you have a whole week off before you go cross country to play the number one team in the country uh, in Gonzaga. So you can rest him uh, a little bit more based on that. And not only that, after Gonzaga, you got another week off before you go to Memphis for your first true road game. Uh, December 15th and, and kind of get that rivalry going. That's going to be a big game. Yeah, it is. So, That's going to be interesting. But, I, Grant, I'm with you on the on the Turner thing. I can't figure this out because it, it looks to me like you just have to watch film and you can see that something's – I mean, you can see it in person, but you can really see it, I think, on film. Something with Lamonte Turner's shot, that shoulder's clearly in his head. Uh, now, whether that's a physical thing or just more of a mental thing, I don't know. But it's it's like every time the ball comes off his hand now, it's coming off at a different angle. And he's got yeah, like a Scotty Hobson kind of – he's got like a Scotty Hobson arc on that thing now. I think he's uh, compensating, I guess, yeah. uh, would be the right word. Or I don't know, the way Rick explains it. So you're saying he's driving around campus in a really big truck now? Is that, is that what he's doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're, uh, if you're feeling that pinch, uh, if you're feeling – 
whatever kind of discomfort based on your shooting motion, obviously you're going to change that shooting motion uh, to try to compensate to fix that. If that messes it up, uh, I don't know. That's the, I can't I can't tell yet if this is some kind of season long thing that's going to be dealt with. Uh, or if it's something where they're just trying to, like we said, kind of manage it early on. If it is something where it's changed his shot, uh, yeah, that's something to worry about because that's a big deal. Obviously, Rick Barnes is a shot doctor kind of guy, likes to mess with shots and and get them a certain way, and I think they've they've tried to fix Lamonte's shot a lot since they got here, and obviously they did a pretty good job with it uh, if they did change a lot of it because of the way he played last year uh, and the number of big shots he hit. Uh, it looked like it was his old self against Louisville a couple weeks ago in New York when he came off the bench and hit a couple big threes. But uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's yeah. He looked really great. Out. Looked really great earlier in the Kansas game. Yeah, and then the next two games he looked awful. And, and like Rick Barnes said, they're not going to play him if he can't be effective. Uh, if he's going to be that ineffective, it's not doing him any good. But Sunday, you know, I don't know if he's practiced all week. He didn't practice on Tuesday when we were there at Prep Pavilion. He just kind of did his own workouts on the side. Sunday, I would trot him out there, and I would I'd bring him off the bench, and I would let him see what he can do. And if he's ineffective, you can always take him out, and you have another week off, like we said before, you go to Memphis. But uh, against the number one team in the country, I would rather kind of gamble a little bit and see what happens, uh, and then go from there. Yeah, I, I can't I can't tell you that, that I'm not concerned about this. And I've been telling people not to be concerned about him. Uh, I've, been, I've been telling that because I've thought, listen, that's a dog. He's going to – he he's gonna go do what he needs to do to get right. I've never been that worried about him, but now I I don't know. It, it's a little bit concerning now. I'm not gonna say that it's like that it's bad, but it, it's 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 on my radar now, and and that's something that that I I thought they'd kind of gotten this cleared up by now. I, I'm I'm surprised at this. Now what I love about Lamonte Turner is that he's gonna go out there and he's gonna take his shots no matter what. He might go out there and he's shooting like crap. He's he's throwing the ball up there and it's going off at different angles and you know it's not looking great. He, he's gonna keep shooting the ball because that's just what he does and that's his mentality. He's such a little pit bull of a of a player and that's what I love about him. Uh, and he led the team. I mean, he led the team in plus minus in one of those two games. He was back and he didn't look good, but the team played well when he was out there. Uh, and I think he's a guy who he's so crucial to this team because he'll take that big shot because he does not care. He's got stones. He'll go. He'll go get in somebody's face. He'll challenge somebody. He's so important for so many reasons to this team. And I'm not saying they can't win without him, but they're a much better team with him. And and that to me is. Uh, that's they need him, Grant. They need him, I think, and and I think the important thing is they need him to be healthy whenever he can be. But but this is this is a concern. Yeah, it goes back to what you're saying about the bench. I mean, uh, this team is supposedly deep, has depth, uh, but sometimes it looks like you just have numbers, which is obviously a, a big difference from actual depth. You, know, you you have to bring scores off the bench at some point uh, because I mean, go back to that Kansas game in the second half. Uh, there were moments where it was like Derek Walker, John Fulkerson, and Eve Ponds on the floor at the same time or something. I mean, that's like that's like playing two on five offensively because you you know you're not going to rely on those three guys to score uh, consistently. So you can't be that limited. And uh, when you take Lamonte out of the equation, uh, even if he's playing, if he struggles that bad, uh, he's not helping you. Then then it becomes something where you're relying on a six seven man rotation uh, at best, which is obviously going to wear down. 
uh, fairly quickly. Yeah, and that's why they need Lamonte back, but they don't need they don't need Turner they don't need Lamonte Turner back until he's until he's right. So I think he's a guy who can help them, but you know they they need him to be what he can be when they need him to be later in the season. So uh, I, I think that's important. But if you want to, if we're going to end this thing a little more optimistically, because um, you know we're going to offer the compliment sandwich here, uh, I, I do think that Admiral Schofield looked a lot better previous game. The opponent is what it is. Um, but I thought Admiral Schofield looked good. I thought he was taking shots within the flow of the offense. I think he was doing some good things on both ends of the floor. So that is good. And if you want a really optimistic thought, think of it like this. Tennessee played like garbage for a lot of that Kansas game. Grant, you were there. Regardless of the opponent, Tennessee just did some things that it doesn't normally do. Maybe that was mental because it was Kansas. I, I don't know. But a lot of it had nothing to do with the physical prowess of Kansas. It was just Tennessee playing like garbage. And yet Tennessee controlled that game for probably more of it than it didn't. So this team, I really believe it. I don't think this team's going to be afraid at all. I don't think it's going to be intimidated. I think this team expects to go get on a plane and go beat that team on Sunday. I don't know if it will, but I think it expects to go, fully expects to go get on that plane and go beat Gonzaga. Yeah, and I think they want to kind of have a second chance to kind of come out and show that they're not too amped up and they're, they're not all those things that Barnes said they were. Uh, going into the Kansas game and and you're not sitting around one thing about that Kansas game you're not sitting around until 10 o'clock eastern time waiting for that game to happen uh, this is a game that's going to start at three o'clock eastern time in the afternoon it's, it's going to be a couple hours earlier obviously out there uh, local time in Arizona and it's it's a program you've played a couple times before at least once for just about everybody on this roster uh, a couple seasons ago so it's it's kind of not a, a new opponent in terms of, of seeing that uh, seeing the Kansas name on the jersey uh, like they did a couple weeks ago. This is a team you've got a little bit of experience with or you're at least a little bit comfortable with. And obviously, like we talked about with Rick Barnes and Mark Few, obviously they know each other. There's not a lot of secrets there uh, either way. So uh, for everybody involved, hopefully it's uh, they just get out there and both teams play well. But when you look at Tennessee, uh, they need to rebound uh, and they need to limit turnovers if they can do those two things. Uh, they'll be fine. I think they've they've had less turnovers than the opponent in all seven games this year, so that's a big deal. And against Kansas, you're right. They played uh, awful to start with. I think they started over six from the field and over eight from the three point line, if I'm not mistaken. They had a ton of bunnies just rim out. It was really weird uh, to have as many close range shots as they did uh, not go down. So uh, it, it's going to be hard to start worse than that. Uh, obviously they got down 21 in the first eight minutes against Gonzaga a couple of years ago in Nashville. So it won't uh, doubt it'll be something like that. Uh, but just kind of stick around, hang around, make it a game in the second half, uh, and see what happens. Yeah. I think that's going to be interesting. Grant, last, last thought here, before we get out of here, do you think that having a full week to prepare for this game, is that good, bad, indifferent? What, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's good for Tennessee. Uh, I don't, I don't know what, playing a Louisiana or a Texas A&M Corpus Christi or, you know, your run-of-the-mill midweek game uh, really does for them. I think it maybe hinders Gonzaga having to play a Washington team, uh, a tough Washington team, last a uh, couple nights ago at home and squeak out a win uh, in that one. So if I had my druthers, I think I'd rather have the week off to prepare and, and you're not scouting two opponents all week. You're scouting one opponent. You're focusing there and and go from there, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, who's the sharper team early out of the gates, and kind of who's in their routine. And, and for those who are asking why they do that, there might be a million reasons for it, but a lot of it is this month. 
December is what it is. It's, it's Tennessee is trying to take final exams, you know, this month. You know, you got guys going home for the holidays, that, you know, later on. Uh, and you've got other schools that are taking exams at different times too. So it's really hard to match things up and get a schedule. And plus, if you go play in a holiday-type tournament, you're playing, at, you know, at least two, a couple games there. And there's only so many you can play. So they, you know, a lot of other conferences are starting to get to their conference play earlier too. So it's tough to kind of find games in December in any kind of a regular rotation. I mean, you might play none in a week and then go play three in six days. I mean, that's just kind of how December usually is. But uh, Rick Barnes did say that, that he wanted to get a couple guys healthier, and I think we know, obviously, that one of those guys uh, clearly is Lamonte Turner. Uh, we know that. Um, but I also think there's been some guys, like I think Eve Pond's been battling something a little bit. Uh, Grant Williams always got something bothering him here or there. He always plays through it, but something's bothering him a little bit. I think Admiral Schofield has been a little bit beat up. You can tell he's had his ankle stepped on, and he's tweaked a knee at a different point. You know, I think maybe fell on his elbow at some point. I mean, Admiral's kind of – he looks like he's indestructible, but, you know, it's like he said earlier this week, you cut anybody, they're going to bleed. <laughs> and so he's been dinged right. up a little bit too. And can you think of any guys other than those couple guys that look like they've been dinged up? Because Rick Barnes made it seem like um, they had a few guys dinged up that he wanted to get healthy. No. Uh, I think the biggest concern, obviously, is Lamonte Turner. I don't, I don't, I'm not too concerned about uh, whatever the reason was that Eve Pons missed a couple of days in practice last week and, and wasn't sharp on Sunday. Uh, if they're if they're banged up this time of year, if, if they're dealing with a bunch of stuff that's worrisome moving forward, because you're not you're not kind of in that grind yet. I think the biggest focus right now is uh, figure out uh, figure out Lamonte Turner's shoulder situation and just kind of go from there. Yeah, I've been I've, I've been trying to look this up while we've been here on the podcast. Before we get out of here, I've been trying to figure out, and, and I gotta tell you, Grant Grand Canyon looks a little bit really far away from Phoenix. <laughs> so, uh, you, uh, but I, I will tell you that the, uh, the Tonto national forest looks like it's pretty close by there. So you can, uh, you can do that. Um, there's some, uh, there's some, uh, there's the, the Gila river Indian reservation. So there's some things you can go do. Are you going to, you going to bring me back a souvenir? Uh, yeah, I'll find the worst thing, tackiest thing possible and, uh, and, and probably ship it to you and then charge you for the ship. Yeah, it's like the the year that I asked you to get me a long sleeve t shirt from Hawaii, and then when you were at the the Maui uh, Invitational, and then I think you sent me a message that said, "Hey, idiot, this is Hawaii; they don't have long sleeves here." And so I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess the the short sleeve t shirt will work then." So, but you tried, yeah. you tried anyway. I mean, I you, tried. The effort, the effort was there. You the gave, story of my life. I you, tried. You gave it a good college try, right? You can't really complain about that. Grant, thanks, man. We'll uh, we'll we'll let you get out of here, and uh, we'll. We'll look forward to your reports there from Phoenix. Adios, muchacho. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. We we had a lot to uh, had a lot to discuss. Uh, certainly, it's been a big week for Tennessee football with the OC search, and we'll have more on that throughout the site. Obviously, everything on GoVols twenty four seven dot com all the time. Uh, we've also got all the basketball that you could possibly want. Basketball recruiting, basketball team news. Football recruiting, National Signing Day, or National Early Signing Period coming up soon. So there's a lot of reasons to be on GoBalls247.com right now, and we always have good deals for you to give it a shot over the holidays. Try it for a week. If you don't like it, return it. Take it back to Grant Ramey's house there at the Blount County Satellite Office. Give it to him there. I'm Wes Rucker. You can find me on Twitter at Wes Rucker 247. You can find Grant Ramey on Twitter at Grant Ramey. You can find Patrick Brown on Twitter at PBrown247. You can find Ryan Callahan on Twitter 
if you choose to do so at Ryan Callahan 24-7. You can find us on Twitter.com slash GoVols 24-7 and Facebook.com slash GoVols 24-7 or you can just go to the site GoVols247.com and you can get everything that you possibly could want, everything that your heart could desire, you can get there. And since there's no one to ask if there's any final thoughts, I'll just say, do I have any final thoughts? Nope.